We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Thank you. All right. Why don't you grab your seats if you haven't done already? And we're going to open up the Bible and um, spend a few moments in here. We've um, started going through the book of Genesis. We started last week. Ben spoke from Genesis um, chapter 3, wasn't it? Chapter th- chapter 2, sorry. Um, and uh, we're going to quickly go through the Old Testament. And we jump from Genesis 2 today to Genesis 18. That's quite a jump. I said we're going quickly. And we're just going to touch on some of the stories through the te- uh, Old Testament. And so we land in Genesis 18. And we're going to read from verse 1 of Genesis 18 to start this off today. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day Abraham was sitting at the entrance of his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. How do you welcome your visitors? My Lord... Now this Lord is, notice it's not a capital L, it's a small L. It means he doesn't think he's speaking to God, he's just calling them Lord out of respect. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while, rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honoured your servant with a visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they did, they said, Um, do as you said so Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah hurry get three large measures of your best flour knead it into dough and bake some bread then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant who quickly prepared it when the food was ready Abraham took some yogurt and milk and roasted meat And he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the tree. I want to visit Abraham's house. How about you? He just wandered past. He doesn't know who you are. Welcomes in. Washes your feet. Kills the goat. Gets the wife to make some bread. You know, this isn't a five-minute exercise, is it? And he doesn't even know who they are. Verse 9. Where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening to the conversation from the tent and Abraham and Sarah were both very old at this time. You know, it's put very, not just old, very old. Who's think you're, anyone think you're old here? Well, they're very old, all right? Sarah was long past the age of having children, so she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master is also old? They've got separate bedrooms in the tent by now, okay? I've got a lifter to get them in and out of bed, okay? This is, this is the story.
Then the Lord said to Abraham, no, it's a capital, capital well now. So something's happened in the meantime. Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will, I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. We might say, Sarah, you lied. You would have done the same thing probably. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this story, this word. And we pray as I speak about it a little bit today that you, perhaps you will show us something fresh. So show us about the goodness of God. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So the story thus far, if you go back a couple of chapters, Abraham enters the scene in Genesis 12 and he's called by God. And at that time he's 75. Way back in Genesis 12. He's 75 years old. And uh, the, the promise was he'd be a father of a great nation, a blessing to many. And he became rich. Um, he often, we read how he built altars to God, often un underneath oak trees. Uh, in Genesis 15, there's a promise of a son. By that time, he's 86. Okay? So he was 75, now he's 86. And uh, that wasn't happening. And uh, so they schemed up a, a scheme to maybe help God along and Ishmael was born. And instead of Sarah, uh, Abraham slept with the, the, the servant woman and this, this other child was born and, and it really just caused trouble in the house. And when he's 99 years old, he gets his name changed from, um, from Abraham to Abraham. So, so it changed from a father of a nation to a father of many nations. So he got upgraded in this promise. So 24 years from the original promise, we find Abraham here still hasn't had the promised son. I wonder if you've got hopes and dreams that are taking a long time to pass. Now Sarah was talking about this as she led that song, Faithful You Are. Faithful. Maybe some of those hopes and dreams you have look like they'll never be fulfilled. Perhaps you've given up on some of those things. It's just too far down the track, too much water under the bridge. The opportunity's gone. I'm too old now. This is Abraham and Sarah. And they're a bit like this. They had these promises 24 years ago and it hasn't panned out like they hoped. When you read about uh, them in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, it says this about Abraham and Sarah. They bore a child when their bodies were as good as dead. I don't know, how do you feel this morning? Well, I'm, I'm just a little bit better than dead. Okay. So they, that's what it says, you read in Hebrews. Sometimes the promises of God seem to take a very long time to come to pass and uh, you know Abraham and Sarah tried to hurry it along and uh, it's not a good idea to try and hurry up God's timing you'll find the outcome is not good you need to be patient uh, Abraham and Sarah remind us that a day will come and I want to tell you today that a day will come when God fulfills his promises when you least expect it, a day will come
So 24 years later, Abra, we, we find this Genesis 18 story, and it's a special day because this was the time, they just had a promise, they're going to be a great nation. Now, this is the time when they get a timeline. One year from now. So it's no longer this just general sort of statement. There's a bit more specifics. And they had an encounter with God. In this meeting with God, it came at a time which I really want you to know. It said, in the heat of the day. Your Bible might say, in the hottest part of the day. We're talking Middle East here. Okay, I don't know, 12.30, in the middle of the desert, in the Middle East. What's the temperature? 43 degrees, <laughs> something like that. Uh, the hottest part of the day. The most inconvenient time you can pick, God sort of shows up. They're sheltering in your tent and God decides to come for lunch. And uh, isn't it more convenient? Lord, why don't you visit me in my quiet time in the morning? You know, the kids are asleep. It's all quiet. I've got the worship music on. I've set the scene. Come then. No. He comes in the heat of the day. The hottest part of the day. And I suppose, uh, I want to draw a parallel. There's times in our life we could call it the heat of the day. You know those times everything's going wrong. The heat of the day. When the family's in a mess, the finances are a problem, health isn't what it should be, there's a crisis happening, there's that relationship situation, you know what I'm talking about. But when you're stressed out, that's the, the heat of the moment, you know. We talk about a heat of the moment in an argument. I want you to think about that as a heat of the day. It's a time when you probably don't sense God's presence. It's not a time of sincerity and bliss where there's worship music and in the background, okay? This is the heat of the day. Pressures are coming this way and that way. Your spouse is on your back. You're, you're dealing with issues. Out of all the times God should, could show up, this is the time he comes, in the heat of the day. It's your worst day. You're having your bad hair day. You're about to adopt out the kids, you know. Strangle your husband, you know. One of those days. Anyone have a days like that? Yeah. Don't make me come out there. I know. Hey, if you've experienced days like that or moments like that, it seems that you're qualified to have a meeting with God. That's, that's the parallel I want to draw. Because in the heat of the day, when the heat is on, God could be getting ready to walk past your tent. If, you, if there's pressures in your life, you're a candidate for an encounter with God. God comes in those times because he gets more glory when we haven't got it, got it together. You know, if we think we're all got it together, you know, we're doing it by ourselves. So Abraham was a Bedouin. Have you heard that term, a Bedouin? It's a sort of a culture of these travelling people in the Middle East where they had the sheep and they set up camp for a while and then they moved their tents to the next one. And Bedouin, and in Bedouin culture, and it's still the s similar today, uh, receiving guests went far beyond what we could Im imagine in our culture. And every guest that came to your house was considered a member of the family. That's how they were treated. And um, in their tradition, whoever arrived had to be welcomed in. 
and no questions asked, and you protected them from any harm. And get this, the guests could be hosted for up to three days before you even asked them why they were there. Imagine that in our culture. Someone comes in, three days later, they're cooking eggs and bacon in the kitchen. So who are you and why are you here? You know, it's a bit like that. That's, that's the Bedouin culture. And uh, Abraham welcomed these guests like his family, showed them great respect. And he, pers- but I think something at some point, he perceived that they were just special. He didn't know it was God to start with according to the way we read it. He just showed him respect. But then, then sort of God revealed himself somehow. Who are these guys travelling in the heat of the day? Who travels in the heat of the day? You don't travel at that time. The only people who come out in the heat of the day was like the woman at the world at the New Testament. She's in the heat of the day there because she doesn't want to meet anyone because she's got a bad reputation. So who even travels at that time? It's someone crazy, someone hiding, or uh, it could be perhaps God. But Abraham must have sensed there's something about these people. Now, whether we rec- know that he knew it was a messenger from God, it's unclear. But he perceived something. And a little side issue, how you perceive people is pretty important because there's a little linguistic thing how you perceive is how you receive because jesus went to his hometown and it said he could not do any miracles because they didn't perceive he was the son of god they just thought he was the son of the carpenter when you read that it doesn't say he wouldn't do any miracles it said he couldn't do any miracles which is quite amazing to think so how we perceive people or things are really important is how in especially in what you receive from them Hebrews 13 verse 2 says this, Don't forget to entertain strangers, for in doing some have entertained angels without knowing it. Wow. I think that's probably referring to the scripture. Is there anyone here you don't know? Who knows? They might be an angel. They could be a hell's angel too. We don't know, but you never know. It says... Receive people, welcome people. God wants to speak to you today, especially if the heat is on in your life. And uh, I think when we get in those moments, we say, not today, Lord, I'm not, I'm not in a space I can hear from you. Uh, I'm not in a good place right now. It's not convenient. There's the kids, the house, my job, my health. It's crazy. I don't think I can receive anything today. Don't have that attitude because... When the heat is on in your life, that's, that's when God really wants to speak to you. And I want to tell you that God knows exactly what you were going through. And that's exactly why he wants to meet with you. Uh, I'll give you a few points to consider. When the heat is on in your life, remember God is faithful. We were singing it earlier. Faithful you are. A couple of chapters later in Genesis 21, I'm going to read a few verses. This is a, a year later. The, uh, the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant. She gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God said it would. Abraham named their son Isaac. 
Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Abram was a hundred years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. She thought it was hilarious. Who would have said that Abraham and Sarah would have nursed a baby, yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age? Wow. So there's a promise fulfilled a couple of chapters later. If you go to Hebrews chapter 11, where in the New Testament it's reflecting back on Sarah. Hebrews 11 verse 11. And it was by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children. Interesting line here. She believed that God would keep his promises. Another version which I've got written here, because she considered God faithful. She considered him faithful. I wonder why she considered God faithful. I think she looked back on her life so far and she could see that God had been with them, God had blessed them, God had kept them, God had proven he was faithful. So even when he said something that seemed impossible, is anything too hard for God, she knew something about his character. So it's not blind faith, it's faith based on an experience with God over many years. When the heater, heat is on in your life, remember that God is faithful. God is faithful. When the heat is on, determined to respond. I would encourage you, when there's stuff happening in your life, determined to respond in a Christ-like way. Jesus said, do good to those who persecute you. And now when we're going through tough times, that takes not just an effort, but it takes focus to do that. Because it's not always our natural response. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. It doesn't say be happy about it, but let it be an opportunity. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be strong in character and ready for anything. So when things are happening, when the heat is on in your life, decide to respond like Jesus. You know, Abraham, if you read the story, you'll find out he had 318 servants. That's not a bad staff. Yet, but he's the guy who's running around when you read the story. He's actually running everywhere. It said he ran three times in that story. I don't know if you noticed that. He's 99 years old. It's 43 degrees and he's running everywhere. So this is Abraham. It's like football yesterday, the grand final. Go the Eagles, they won the B grade. Woo-hoo. Is Andy here? No, he's still recovering. Yep. You know, when the heat is on in your life, of course you take shelter from the extremities, but you're not resigned or not resigned to despair or defeat. You're ready, ready to respond in a Christ-like way. When strife happens, you bring peace. When there's money problems, you, you ha- be, be generous. When you feel that you're robbed, you give something away. If someone curses you, you bless them. It's, it's op- often acting in the opposite spirit. 
when the heat is on in your life, remember God is faithful. Respond to Christ's light way. When, when the heat is on in your life, get ready for the unexpected. Jesus, uh, Abraham was in his tent. He looked up and he see three men. He's not expecting to see them because when, when, when the heat is on in our life, we, become, we can become very self-absorbed. Just looking at me. Well, Abraham wasn't like that, it seems. He, he saw these three men. He, he, he looked for God in the unexpected. And I want to encourage you, when, when trials come, when tough times come, still be expectant. Still look to meet with God. Tune your spirit. Hey, anyone notice when you get a new car and then you drive down the road, you see everyone's got the same car? They were there before those cars. You just weren't tuned in to see them because you didn't have your new car. It's a bit like that, I think. Take that as an illustration. Let's, let's look for God because often he's wanting to meet with us in those tough times. Tune your spirit. Look for God in those tough times. Expect him. Get in places where you can find him, places like this, places where you can... Uh, you know, those quiet places, those times of fellowship. In those tough times, in those heated situations, be ready to respond. You know, I said it before, Abraham ran to meet the men. 99 years old, heat of the day, he's running to meet them. That's a fast response. That's pretty good. No, he's 90, sorry, 98 or 99? 99 at this Age, I suppose it goes against everything you're feeling it's hot it's the last thing I want to do but he responded there's power in responding responding in prayer you know when the heat is on worship and submit it said Abraham in one version it said he bowed himself wow to these guys he didn't even know who they were at that point one version says, don't pass me by, he said. Don't pass me by, come in. It talks about worship and submission, putting God first. And Abraham was a pretty important guy in that, in that world. You know, 300 and odd servants is, you're doing it right. He's, he's, he's not, um, he, he put away his status, I suppose. Don't get so, uh, so full of your own ways and your own plans that you miss the opportunity when God comes to meet with you. Abraham bowed down, he worshipped. That's a key thing to do when you're maybe confused or worried or things are going crazy in your world. The best place you can be is, is worshipping God. When the Heat is on in your life. Get ready to serve someone else because we read what Abraham did there. Uh, this, you know, definitely the last thing you're doing when you're dealing with, uh, you feel like doing when you're dealing with things. He said, uh, it says he washed their feet. It didn't, it didn't exactly say Abraham did, but we assume he was part of that. He bought them food. He served them. Worship and service are very related. Uh, very related. In the New Testament, sometimes you see worship translated as, as the word worship. Sometimes you see it as the word service because they're almost interchangeable. Worshipping God is just not putting your hands up and singing songs. It's actually 
doing something, serving somebody. Um, that's what the word worship means. Romans 12 verse 1 is a prime example of that. When the heat is on, don't hide away. And, and when, when you see the result of what happened in this story, you know, God spoke to them. And um, when, we, when we respond in the right way, we're going to hear God's plans. We're going to hear his word. And in a year's time, you're going to have a son. And that's not just a general promise anymore. This is a real specific time and date. And how exciting it must have been, especially when you're 99 and your wife's 90. And Abraham, uh, God speaks right into the greatest desire of Abraham's heart. And I reckon for him that would have been sweeter than cool water on that hot day. That would have given him so much joy and hope, revived him and refreshed his spirit. You know, God speaks. But not only that, if you read a little bit further on in Genesis 18, you read a bit further on, it seems that when they left, Abraham went for a walk with the guys. And now they know it's the Lord or a messenger from the Lord because you read a bit further on in the chapter and um, the Lord told Abraham about his plans for Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and he said, um, shall I hide anything from my friend Abraham? And he wanted to talk to Abraham about it. And, and God sort of changed some of his plans. He wasn't just a servant of God. He was actually a, called the friend of God. Isn't that, you know, when someone shares their plans with you, not just about your life, but about, you know, so Abraham became the friend of God. He was called the friend of God, and that's really a prime example of that shares his plans ask abraham what he thought about it wow god gives i find god principles in the bible god gives promises to his servants but he shares his plans with his friends seems to be what happens and if you want to know god's plans in the heat of the day be a friend of god so you know, we've, I've been talking about when the heat is on, remember God's faithful, respond in a Christ-like way. Look for God in the unexpected. Get ready to respond, worship, get ready, get ready to serve. And God has just what you need. Um, when the time came for Jesus to approach the cross, the heat was definitely turned up in his life. His mission on earth was coming to that moment of the cross and he's in the upper room and ready for that first communion time, the last supper. He's about to go to the garden to pray, be betrayed, be beaten and go to the cross. So it's, this is the moment. If the heat is on ever in someone's life, it's with Jesus. And it was at that moment Jesus is serving his disciples, teaching them, reassuring them, and that's when he washed their feet, <laughs> right in the moment of this, this, this uh, heat of that moment. Showed them the power of serving one another, even in the most pressured times. I'm just going to read John 13. Did I, I, I don't think I gave this to you. Verse 2, it says this. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down, and he said, do you understand what I'm doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. 
And since I am Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. Verse 15 says this, I have given you an example to follow. So he just wasn't doing this as a parable or an exercise. He's actually saying this is an example to follow. Do it as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. That's a, that's a great memory verse. Now you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Seems like we always have a part, a partnership with God. And knowing things isn't enough. It's actually responding. And Jesus is not just our example on how to respond in tough times, but he also gives us the grace and what we need to be able to respond like that. That's the great thing about the grace of God. He, does, he just doesn't say, go and do that. Hey, that bar's too high, Jesus. I can't do that. But he says, no, I've given you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you grace right now to help you. Uh, might grab those couple of musos I spoke to before, thanks. He offers us grace and the Holy Spirit to help us. There's a, a verse, I think it's in the book of Peter, and it says this, by his, God's divine power, he has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Everything we need. You think, oh, I haven't, I lack, I don't have it. No, God has something for you. We're going to sing that little chorus again, Faithful You Are. When Sarah sang that this morning, I didn't know she was singing that song. I thought, this is you know, perfect for this because when the heat is on, remember God is faithful. And we're going to do two things just as we sing this. I want you to maybe picture yourself meet, meeting with God and for doing two things. One is to give him your worship and attention. And to, to receive from him. Receive the grace. Receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Receive uh, God's assurance. Let's sing this together. if we could stand for a moment um, we'll sing that part that says I will rest on your promises
Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for um, those in this place who, who are in tough times, maybe struggling in situations when, you know, it could be said the heat is really on in their life. Whatever is happening, Lord God. And I pray for your grace, Lord God. I pray for uh, hope to be revived, Lord God. I pray for your assurance that you are there, Lord. And I pray, even, even though people might be in that place, we'll open our eyes to see you. We'll remember the goodness of God. We'll be determined to, to look to you, to, to worship you, Lord God. And right now, Lord, I pray for just your assurance, your presence, Lord, your grace for every person in every situation, Lord God. I pray for those promises that seem like they're, they're, they're almost dead. They've been there so long and, and unfulfilled, Lord God. I pray for a fresh, a fresh um, wind of your spirit, Lord God. It'll be like rivers in the desert, Lord, just to refresh those promises, Lord God. For the assurance of the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Remember those words we read, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? No, nothing is. We thank you, Lord God. Lord, as we leave this place, Lord, as we go and have some time together in the foyer, Lord God, let us take that assurance with us, Lord. Let us be people who encourage one another. Let us be like those messengers who bring, bring hope to others, Lord. In Jesus' name, yeah, your ambassadors, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us here today. God bless you, church.